Hey guys, welcome back to Brazilian. This is Rafael, and I'm here with Lizzie as usual. And as you probably know, I'm from Brazil and Lizzie's from the UK. And we bring you a new episode every week focusing on different aspects of culture or language from our two countries. Yes. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Lizzie. So today I'm going to be surprising you with a few rather surprising things about my country. Um, and these are things that some of my friends from other parts of the world have commented on when they've either visited the UK or or lived here. So I thought they'd be quite nice to share with you today. Yes. And I think this is going to be a very interesting topic, by the way. So tell me, what's the first surprising thing about the UK that you can share with us? Okay, so my first surprising thing is that the UK is absolutely crazy about greetings cards. Uh, what, for birthdays, Christmas, or occasions like that? Exactly. Um, and I actually didn't realize how obsessed we are with the greetings cards until I lived abroad. And I found it very difficult to get hold of any kind of greetings cards. Um, and I've since discovered that the British send more greetings cards per person than any other nation around the world, which was something that I found very surprising, I must yes. say. Yes, it's really, really surprising. Because, you know, like, even though you can just, like, send a text message or an email nowadays, like, people still send them in your country? Yeah. And they're a very important thing. Thing about any kind of celebration for us here in the UK. Um, obviously, you can still send a text message or, you know, an email or send somebody a social media post. But most people will still send greetings cards throughout the year, as well as, um, you know, messages and things like that. Wow. So you really have like to remember your friends or family's birthday, right? So you cannot just like remember the last minute and send them a WhatsApp message. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we do kind of expect um, cards from the people close to us, to be honest. Um, but it's not just for birthdays. It's for literally any occasion. So wedding anniversaries, new baby, new job, new house, retirement, um, sympathy cards. Um, these are cards that we send to families when somebody has died. Um, very important to send this kind of card in the UK. Um, also Mother's Day, Father's Day, many different types of religious festivals. Honestly, the list could go on. Um, literally any reason to send a card, we will send one. <laughs> and sometimes we don't even need a reason to send a card. We just send them to people to let them know that we're thinking of them or to say thank you. Thank you cards are very common in the UK. You know, if you receive a gift or if somebody hosts you at their house, it's still quite common to send them, especially amongst sort of older people. So yeah, we're crazy about them. <laughs> so you can't deny that you are a thank you nation. We are uh, indeed. But let me ask you here a question. Do you have like different designs for every occasion or you buy like one that is blank and then you just write your, your message? Oh, it's a massive business here in the UK, honestly. Um, next time you come to the UK, you have to keep your eye out for greetings card shops because literally on any high street in the UK, there won't just be one, but there'll be several shops solely dedicated to greetings cards. And these shops have cards for literally every occasion, different designs for every um, age, every um, type of occasion. So I do think it's quite a surprising thing for many visitors to the UK um, that you can find these shops everywhere. Um, particularly in big train stations as well. Um, and there's usually a selection in supermarkets. But I must say, when I lived in Brazil, I could not find a card <laughs> at all, ever. Um, so yeah, had to make them myself. Uh, this is funny what you're saying here, because basically in Brazil, we can just like buy the ones for Christmas, birthdays, and also Valentine's Day. So we might have like different ones, but these are the main ones that we can find here. But tell me one thing, everyone buys them, like in UK? Um, yeah, they absolutely do. 
do um and even younger people like um they will send them to their friends you know for their birthdays or many other occasions and I do sometimes wonder why am I spending money on this piece of paper that's essentially what it is (laughs) (laughs) but I just can't stop myself I love them um I love sending them and I love receiving them as well so but tell me one thing why do you think like the British and you included right like are so crazy about them well one argument that I've heard is that we as a nation are not very good at you know talking about our feelings which could be a valid point but I personally think it's just that we enjoy the sentiment Um, and I think actually for many British people the card is much more important than the present Um, and one little top tip actually if you ever come to the UK or you know if you date somebody British or you have British friends it's kind of polite to open the greetings card before you open the present you know if you receive both really probably I would just open like the the present first and then I would really like (laughs) the gift card later you know like as a private moment wow but that's a good advice then so if you receive a present a card in the UK always open the card first um exactly read the card first and then open the present and okay do the British like still send Christmas card then we do you will often see sort of around Christmas time people going to the post box with like 20 30 50 maybe Christmas cards to post over the festive season to all of their friends and family and you know colleagues and it's still very much a thing particularly with the older generation um and you'll often see if you go to a British home Christmas that the house is covered in cards um that the family has received it does mean a lot to people here in the UK that is the first surprising thing so what's the next one okay so my next surprising thing is one which is a signal of British summer and you know I must say that at the moment summer is a very distant memory for me because we are in the depths of winter as I mentioned in the last episode it's absolutely freezing at the moment so I'm quite enjoying thinking about summer Hmm. and what is the signal that you want to tell us okay so if you ever stay in the UK or live in the UK you will often hear music coming from the street um, when you're inside your home or walking around sort of residential areas and this music comes from ice cream vans ice cream trucks which drive around neighborhoods in the UK letting children know that there is ice cream for sale in the neighborhood and I remember when my Brazilian partner moved to the UK he heard it for the first time and he was like what the hell is that noise (laughs) (laughs) it's quite old-fashioned like this type of music I would probably think the same but in my city we have like some cars but they sell like you know local things but yes it seems like so old-fashioned I can't believe that there is still a thing there I know and it's still very much a thing um in fact in the summer when we were recording some of our episodes I did have to stop sometimes because the ice cream van was driving past my house and making a lot of noise so yeah they still do the rounds in the neighborhood (laughs) I remember that yeah now I know why Okay. Uh, yeah, go on. Um, but yeah, it's an unmistakable sound for Brit and it makes people feel very nostalgic about their childhood. So I remember when I was a kid, like begging my mum to give me some money so I could go and buy an ice cream when it came around our area. And the most famous type of ice cream you can buy from an ice cream van in the UK is what we call a Mr. Whippy, um, which is a soft scoop ice cream in a cone with a chocolate flake, like a small crumbly bar of chocolate in the top. And I still love having one in the summer. 
This is the name of the wine screen. Mr. Whippy. Wow. Some people just call it a whippy. Love it. I love these names. But it's funny that you say here like Vans, because here in Brazil, especially in the city that I was born, which is Carapicuíba, it's common that we have not Vans, but cars. And these cars, we have like the car's trunk open, and then we have all the ice cream there. And then the guy goes driving, and then he goes announcing that he's selling ice cream and everything. And then we would buy it. But we don't have this any longer, if I'm not mistaken. But if you go to the beach here, for example, you're going to see a guy with a trawler selling ice cream. Uh, yeah, I think I saw actually. I remember. But how about in the UK? Do they still drive around the streets? Yeah, I think the number of vans driving around is definitely declining. But you will often see them parked at, you know, events or in parks. So definitely keep an eye out on your next trip to the UK. And as you know, in the UK, the summer is very unpredictable. We never know when we'll have a nice day and when we won't. So when the sun comes out, we completely embrace it. So, you know, people will be desperate to find these ice cream vans and we very much associate them with summer. Thanks for sharing that with us actually. So if you ever go to UK next summer, look out for these vans. So tell us, what's your next surprising thing? Okay, so my next one is about how British people tend to greet each other. So in your English lesson you're probably taught to say hello, how are you, to greet someone in English which is absolutely correct, of course. But one thing that surprises a lot of visitors to the UK is that we often greet each other with a completely different expression. Yeah, I think like I can count the times that I've said like, hello, how are you? So wow, what was that actually? So many British people will greet you by saying you're right or all right, which are shortened versions of are you all right? Um, and quite a few friends of mine that have come to the UK have told me that they were quite surprised to hear this. Um, and they also thought that they were being asked if they were all right because they looked, you know, sad or unwell or like something was wrong. <laughs> But actually, this isn't what people are asking. People are literally just saying, hello, how are you? <laughs> But yes, yeah, so what, what kind of response are people looking for from this kind of greeting? Uh, nothing really. Um, they're often not looking for any kind of elaborate answer at all. It's literally just a greeting, just like to the bang, I guess. And literally, you can just reply by saying, you're right, or all right, back. And you could just keep walking um, or you could start a conversation. But basically, we're not looking for any like detailed response to that. That's good to know, because as I have mentioned here in some of our episodes, I think a lot of Brazilians would feel like inclined to give a detailed answer about their well-being, what was going on, their life, and etc., and etc., and etc. But it's really good to know that this is literally just a greeting in the UK. So nothing is expected. Yeah, exactly. You'll often hear people saying, all right, mate. And we use the word mate as kind of a friendly way to address friends. Um, and you'll also find people using it quite a lot with complete strangers as well, just as a way to be friendly. And this isn't rude? No, not at all. It's quite an affectionate way to address people, especially between men. But women do use it too. Um, it's informal. So obviously, Obviously, don't walk into your job and say, all right, mate, to your boss on the first day. <laughs> But with strangers, um, friends, um, you know, it's completely fine. Yeah, so because I guess like women uh, would go for like, tudo bem, followed by the word amigo, you know, as an affectionate way of saying it. So even saying coração, which is heart, 
florzinha, flower, but this would be like really sarcastic here and a bit like two-faced, I think. And for men, I guess, they would go for like cara, yay cara, beleza? So it's like, hey man, but cara for us means also like the word face. I remember the first time somebody said beleza, I thought they were just saying beautiful, so I was like, oh, thanks. But then I realized <laughs> it's got nothing to do with that. No. <laughs> I was very disappointed when I realized the true meaning. But yeah, it's really helpful to know because, you know, what we learn in the textbook, often it's not what you actually hear in real life, um, especially in the Portuguese textbooks, because there aren't actually that many. <laughs> They're really yes. old. I think like there's just one actually. But I think like another thing that is worth mentioning is like many YouTubers now, they've been saying like, don't say this, say that instead. But as you could just see right now, you can use different ways of saying one thing, but because of the cultural aspect, they will mean like something totally different. So I would be careful about like, don't say that, say that instead. So don't go out replicating this as just because you listen to somebody saying this. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just like for a different purpose, different situation. Definitely. Okie dokie. So what's your fourth uh, surprising thing about the UK? Okay, so my next one is not only surprising, but it's also extremely confusing, even for the British. So yeah, this is one that is definitely worth uh, sharing. Why? Why is that confusing? Tell me. Okay, so as you know, the British are famous for drinking tea, and you'll often be offered a cup of tea by British colleagues in the office. And also your British friends might invite you to their house for a cup of tea. Um, so you'll be extremely confused to hear that many British people also call their evening meal, their dinner, tea. Okay, I am confused now. <laughs> Why is that? Well, some people call their evening meal dinner, some people call it tea, and some people call it supper. And I have absolutely no idea why, but it's something that the British just cannot agree on. Um, some people say that it's a regional thing, but I personally completely disagree with this, uh, because my family are from London and they call it tea. I grew up in the Midlands and many of my friends also called it tea and I went to university in the north and several of my friends in the north also call it tea so I don't think it's anything to do with like regions so what do you think it is then I really don't know um other people think it's like a social class thing that it's more of like a working class thing to call it tea but I actually really don't think it is I think it's just like a family thing some families call it dinner some call it tea some call it supper some might call it something completely different. I really don't know what. But um, yeah, I think it's more of a family thing. Okay, so it just like depends on the family. I think like in Brazil, it would be like the same for everyone. I don't see like this difference happening here, actually. Yeah, I really do. I think it is just a family thing. And um, it's the same with the remote control. Okay, so you know the remote control for the TV? Yeah. I think that every family in the UK has a completely different name for the remote control. So some families call it the gadget, the buttons, the zapper, the doofer. Literally every family seems to have a different name. And I think it's quite similar to like the dinner, tea, supper thing, kind of. That's why English is so complicated. You have like many words for just to call like one thing. And then we have like one word to call many things. Wow. <laughs> I know. We do, we do like to overcomplicate things for you. You do. So dinner, tea and supper, they might just like be the same. Wow. Exactly. But if any Brits disagree with my theory, do let me know. Okay. So just to be clear, if someone asks me like to go to their house for tea, how do I know if they are inviting me for a cup of tea or like to eat a meal? If it's to drink a cup of tea, it will usually be in the daytime <laughs> and they'll usually say a cup of tea. If they're inviting you around in the evening for tea, it will be most likely to eat an evening meal with them. So yeah, just about the time of the day. 
And usually people will specify if it's a cup of tea. Now I got it. Very interesting. I love to this one, actually. I think even we get confused, to be honest. I even know some people that call their lunch, like the, the middle of the day meal, dinner. Okay. And for me, that's wrong. <laughs> dinner is in the evening. Um, but I think for me personally, I will say tea if it's my meal that I'm eating at home in the evening. But if I'm going out, you know, to a restaurant, I would probably call it dinner. So yeah, it really depends on the person. But yeah, I get very confused myself. Wow. Oh, that's good to know. Because I didn't know like uh, tea could be a meal like until today. And this is true. I'm being honest here. <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm glad you learned something new. Yeah. So tell me about your, uh, your next thing. So number five. Okay. So my last one is uh, one relating to language. And it's about the use of the word cheers. Mm, so this would be here, saúde. So what's that about then? Exactly. Um, you'll always hear Brits using the word cheers when they clink their glasses together uh, before they take their first sip of a drink, you know, the same as you do with saúde. But we do use the word cheers in many other situations as well. Can you give the situations that you use? Yeah, so this is a word that you'll hear multiple times a day in the UK. And it can mean so many different things. Um, it can mean thank you, no thank you, goodbye, for example. So go on, tell me more. Okay, so if you hold a door open for somebody to pass through in the UK, they might say cheers, which means thank you. Or if somebody's walking out of a shop or a restaurant, they might say cheers to the waiter, which means thank you and goodbye. Or, for example, if you offer someone some food, um, they might gesture or shake their head and say cheers, which would mean no thank you. So we use it for many different situations. They're just like some examples. Wow, that's very good to know because, you know, like it's not just about like making a toast when drinking, but using it in many different uh, occasions. Nice. So, yes, this is actually quite similar in my language because if we are offered food we want like, uh, and we want to refuse it, we will like shake our head and just say, obrigado. Yeah, I did find this quite confusing actually in Brazil because if I offered somebody food and they said obrigado, I took that as a yes, but actually it can mean no. <laughs> so it's quite yes. similar. <laughs> it is very confusing as well. But anyway, how should we respond when people say like cheers? Should we say like cheers back? You don't need to say cheers back. Um, in fact, it would actually be quite unnatural to do that. Um, but you can just reply like no problem or thanks or bye or whatever you would usually say for that situation. Okay, so if someone says cheers in the UK, now you know that it can mean like many different things. All right? Exactly. Just another way that we make our language so difficult to navigate. <laughs> yes. But, okay, so we've talked a lot. And uh, if you guys listening have ever been to the UK and you've noticed any of these surprising things or maybe something else, do let us know on Instagram because we'd love to hear about your experiences. Yeah, so let us know on Instagram, so at britzillian.podcast. So thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.